Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. As we head off to the River Cree Resort and Casino hotline and hook up with John Shannon. He is our NHL insider for Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments and no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy, Legacy Heating and Cooling. Hi, John. How are you doing? I'm great, Bob. How's L.A.? Rainy. Um, well, interest. they need it, so... Yeah, they need it. And interesting to say, I, I just, I got to do this. Um, we've got a lot of people on Darnell Nurse these days and concerned about the $9.25 million, all that kind of stuff. Um, probably seven or eight different texts have come in this morning. Of course, Nurse uh, nurse and CC got dissected by the orders. Uh, Clem Costin tried to make a play. Actually got corkscrewed on the play. Uh, Tony has... I'm going to read you this text. Bob, the orders... I, I strongly feel the orders overvalue their assets. Ergo, $9.25 million for Darnell Nurse, who's a good but not great player, likely worth around $7 million tops. Likewise, their highly self-biased view of the value of demon like Bouchard and Broberg, their persistent lack of interest in Chickering is beyond baffling. Perhaps an attempt at dealing Broberg and Pugliarvi to the Coyotes form or Bouchard form straight up needs to be made. In my opinion, Chickering is a better defender with better upside. Your thoughts from Tony. All right, I just, the first thing I want to do with you, John, is maybe explain to the listeners, and here's the thing, it's going to come across as quote-unquote oil speak, but just if people can have an open mind to this for a second. There was a significant difference in the Oilers' perspective in the negotiation with Evander Kane than there was with Darnell Nurse. And it had to do with where Edmonton had depth. And as you know, when Ken Holland took the job, when Bob Nicholson hired Ken Holland, he thought he had three top four defensemen. Yep. Oscar Clefbaum, Darnell Nurse, and Adam Larson. Mm-hmm. And the injury to, because ultimately Edmonton replaced Adam Larson. They got CeCe. And some people say, what are you talking about? You know, he's not as good. Larson, you know, CeCe's not as good as Larson. Last year, CeCe was better than Larson. This year, Larson's better than CeCe. But the the injury, Oscar Clefbaum, in theory, was supposed to be in the last year of his deal uh, at $4.25 million. Mm-hmm. That had it impacted Darnell Nurse tremendously, didn't it, at the end of the day? I think it did. I mean, I think they, I think that the domino effect of the cleft bomb injury is one they're still feeling in so many ways. Um, now, you know, the summer that Darnell signed that contract, 
if you looked at what defensemen were getting in the National Hockey League that summer, Ken Holland did not set the stage to overpay. That was the reality of what went on with numerous defensemen in the National Hockey League, and Seth Jones and Zach Wierenski were at the top of the list. And when you, you know, timing is amazing for certain players, and timing sucks for others. You know, ask Bo Horvat about timing now. It's not very good. Could could be in the summer, but it isn't very good right now. Darnell happened to be available to sign at a time when dollars are being thrown around for defensemen rather liberally, and that's exactly what happened. And I, I do think there's a belief that they had to overpay a little bit in order to keep him in Edmonton. But I and and uh, do I believe Nurse will come out of this funk? Yeah, I do. I think that that the long-term confidence in, in Nurse is going to be fine. But that's that was a reality of the summer that Kenny was forced to to look at the at the Nurse contract and try to keep him in the stable. Right, I, that, think that, we'll I think that's just a reality of what was going on in the NHL that summer. Yeah, and I guess I'll take it one step further vis-a-vis with Clefbaum. I think most of the listeners thought Clefbaum was a legitimate 22-23 minute game defenseman. Had he been here, I don't know if Nurse explodes with the offensive campaign that he did in the 2021 bubble year where he played in the North Division because I think that some of the minutes would have been distributed evenly and that may have played a factor in potentially keeping the price point down and here's one of the challenges for Darnell. The Oilers have an unbelievable power play. Okay, it's 32%. They got a chance of the best power play since the late 70s. John, as you know, no power play in the last 30 years. The NHL's had four straight years of 25 plus. The Oilers are going to do that this year. Yep. They would have to go 20% the rest of the way this year, just 20%. To finish below 25% uh, of the power play. Gonna, that's not going to happen. That's not going to happen. But Darnell is not on the first unit power play. So Tyson Berry has 12 secondary assists on that power play. Mm-hmm. If that's Darnell, he's putting up more money. He's putting up more points. And maybe the box cars look better. Because the five-on-five play, despite a terrible game for him against St. Louis was actually pretty good of late until the other night against Colorado. So I look at the confluence of events, the injury to Clefbaum, who should be in the last year of his deal at $4.25 million. Yeah. Edmonton's basically been trying to replace that player ever since. And it played a factor in how much Nurse made. And then the reality is, can he live up to the money if he's not on the first unit power play? And, that's and, I, a, think that's, and yeah, I mean, I think that's fair. Um, and, and, and I mean, would you rather have Nurse or, or Barry on the first power play? I'd rather have Tyson Berry. Yeah, me too. And eventually I'd, I'd, Bouchard. I think he moves the puck better. So, yeah, and, and people, the, the problem also becomes, and, and I don't blame fans at all, is, is you, you know, you, ha- you have to look over a body of work. Um, and I, I know this has been a frustrating season so far and for people inside the organization and out. But the body of work in the long term of the uh, of of what is happening. I mean, I thought Darnell was pretty good in the playoffs last year, didn't you? Yeah, coming off a significant injury. Well, that's what I mean, and and so you can't you can't cherry pick uh, for criticism. You can't, and and that's what I think a lot of people do, and and they do it in order to fit a narrative, and that's just that's hey, listen, that's the passion of sports fans. 
Now, I will say this, John, because we have people. So we know and recognize that the owners have basically been trying to replace Clefbaum. So for a year, the stopgap was Duncan Keith. Once we, like, we've known the last two years, he ain't playing. Last year was Duncan Keith. Edmonton spent $6 million combined, CC on the right side to replace Larson, and 2.75 Kulak, who really in a perfect world is probably a third-pairing defenseman. I mean, his metrics in terms of, you know, being involved in plays that give opportunities to opposition, they're not great this year. He hasn't played on the same level as he did when he came over last year, but he's been slotted higher. So I'm going to say something right now. And I'd like to get your thoughts first and throw it out there for the listeners on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Three months ago, I would have said, ah, I don't know about Chikrin. Three months later, I'm like, maybe you're better off instead of having a shutdown guy like Gavrikov or Edmondson that's limited moving the puck. Maybe you are better off having another puck mover that gets it up the ice. But here's the catch. The catch is Arizona wants first rounders not former first-rounders. And the ask is two first-rounders and a number two. Mm-hmm. So would you be prepared to trade the 2023 and 2024 number ones in a deal to get Jacob Chikrin? No, I'm not I'm not trading my first-round picks ever. So, uh, you, but you, uh, you, 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 that's a rhetorical question for me because you know the answer every time. So, um, you know, and, and I don't, I, I, you know, I don't think that I don't think the desire to have a another puck moving defenseman is at the top of the list. I think the desire to have, to have somebody stay at home in order to make sure that there is a little bit more calmness in and around the goaltenders when the puck seems to be sitting there and, we, and the Oilers have an inability to clear it. I think that's what's. I think that's exactly what the team is trying to look look for. They're looking for a safe, stay at home defenseman. And again, Gavrikov, relatively inexpensive, but um, and, and is by a the guy. Way, there are thirty-one other teams looking for the same thing. So, <laughs> lots, of, lots of guys are looking for. Yeah, I mean, we'll we'll see what happens. Again, I'm led to believe Arizona do not want former first rounders. They want two number ones and a number two, so they can make the picks because they're building for down the road as well. John, I want to switch uh, focus uh, for a second here. Mike Murphy, perhaps explain to our listeners his significance of the National Hockey League, his role, and the impact of his recent retirement. Yeah, uh, so Mike Murphy was a longtime player, coach in the National Hockey League, got hired in the late 90s to work uh, in the NHL office in what was then uh, a combination of video review and player safety. It was uh, the number two man to Colin Campbell in the department. Uh, and really in many ways um, brought video review and the success of video review in the NHL to a to a level that I don't think anybody else could have because of his passion for the game, his knowledge of the game, and his patience. Uh, lots of people would have uh, walked away from it, but Murphy didn't walk away from it. Mike was in charge of the Situation Room, has been for the last few years, uh, 15 years I suspect. Uh, and uh, has trained people how to watch with a, an, a really keen eye, key plays offside, goals over glass, pucks in, uh, in the netting, and obviously pucks going across the goal line. And has done a marvelous job for the NHL, um, buffering teams from the league and vice versa. And he retired. His last day of work was last Tuesday. 
uh, and he's on a uh, well-deserved vacation now. And the NHL is going to miss him because he was, uh, in many ways, we, we talk about uh, guys being committed and being a sober second thought on everything, and that's what Mike Murphy was. He thought things through methodically and quickly, and I know that there are fans out there saying that uh, NHL video review is, you know, not perfect. It's not, but I'll tell you what, it would not have been close to perfection without Mike Murphy in that job. Well, it is. It's not perfect. The officiating is not perfect. It's a fast game. It's Things human. happen. There's split seconds. I mean, we've we've discussed with McDavid. You know, the the he's so fast, and and you're asking. In many cases, we've now we now have a generation of former college in in university players uh, and minor pro players that are now the referees, and. You got to be special to be able to watch the game at a pace in which a player like McDavid. So sometimes you don't see those reach infractions and those sort of things, and then you can basically extend that metaphor for what happens with video. And well, yeah, except the video video is a little more black and white than the subjectivity of some yes, of the is. calls made by referees. I mean, yes, it is. Um, and technology is helping the NHL with its cameras in in goals, with its cameras on the blue line. And with the def- and with the development of of HD 4K and you know by the time you and I retire it'll probably be eight or 10K, uh, Bob. Uh, okay. You know, so uh, hey, so just the- yeah. Sorry, John. Just to conclude, we'll wrap up here. We're going to circle back to the orders. Do you agree or disagree with this statement? In the short term, the orders are going to be providing some internal opportunities and trying to get more players involved, minutes wise. But in the long term, I do expect a couple of additions, including one on defense. Do you agree or disagree with that? Well, oh, I mean, I, I think it's a given that they're going to go out and get a defenseman. Yeah, I, I, totally. Uh, and I think they're, you know, the question becomes is how quickly can you do it based on dollar figures? Um, and how, how, and more importantly, how quickly do you feel you need to do it based on team record? That's that's the real challenge, Bob. But yes, I do expect them to upgrade uh, on the blue line, um, maybe even before the trade deadline. All right, great stuff. Thanks, John. Okay, Bob. Twelve forty-eight in Edmonton. Brad has texted the show on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. So again, we explained the confluence of events. The cleft bomb injury played a significant factor for the orders and probably affected the nurse negotiation. And the reality is, if he's not on the power play, he's going to be challenged to be a 60-point D-man. He makes $9.25 million, and it's an issue for a lot of you. Brad says, Bob, the fact is, the Oilers overpaid and signed him a year too early. If he walked because you're only going to pay him what he was actually worth, then you aren't eating an overpayment of 3 to $4 million for eight years. Just because Chicago overpaid Seth Jones didn't mean the Oilers had to. Good Lord, how daft can the Oilers' mismanagement really be? Truth is, the Oilers failed to find defensemen with their scouting, and it showed with 25-2 and 86. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. 
Keefe, says Bob, yes, go get Chikrin. He's a first or second pairing defenseman with decent to good defensive chops and a very good offensive player. He's also a great left shot option to quarterback a power play. If not, get Gavrikov. I hope the Oilers go hard after the cup, and that means fast, hard, and tough, skilled forwards as well. A first, second, Jesse, and a prospect. What are your thoughts? All right, Keefe, again, I've stated it. It's going to be two firsts. That's what we keep hearing. And they don't want former first-round picks. It's not a first and second at Jesse. It's going to be two firsts and a second. A 2023 number one and 2024 number one. They want first-round picks. So how are the Oilers supposed to get better over the course of Drysaddle's contract if you're completely unwilling to, this is Eric texting the show, if you're completely unwilling to trade first-round picks? What message does it send to the two superstars on your team as they watch other contenders push their chips into the middle trying to win the Cup? If Holland just sits on his hands, the team won't be coming close to winning the Cup over the next three seasons. If they want them to resign uh, as Oilers, you have to show them some urgency. They aren't getting any younger. That one comes to us from Eric. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Mark in St. Albert texts us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Does Ken Holland not realize that if we don't win now, we lose the two top players in the league and begin another decade of darkness? Connor is fed up with losing eight years wasted. Did you see his interview on After Hours? No Stanley Cup in Edmonton within three years, and we've become a bottom dweller again when Connor and Drysettle move on. But at least we still have Darnell Nurse. I was merely explaining why Darnell Nurse was and his camp was in a position of strength, and part of it had to do with the injury to Clefbaum. Conversely, Evander Kane, it was, hey, we can get you to here, that's it. Go check the market. They went out and checked the market and then came back to the orders, and the orders got Evander Kane done. One more text. Robert says, come on, Bob, we shouldn't criticize Darnell for his weak play this year, and we shouldn't criticize the $5 million a year GM for his failure to address the insufficient D year after year. Fans don't need to carry water for the organization. Nothing wrong with these complete valid criticisms. That one comes to us from Robert. And again, Ken Holland is well compensated. So my question for you is, do you get the, I'm led to believe the ask for Chikrin, is to, first of all, do they need a shutdown defenseman, as John Shannon suggests, or they, do they need another guy that can move the puck, that can ease the workload minutes-wise on Darnell Nurse? I'm going to tell you right now, if you're a skilled forward, we'll bring in Brendan Escott here. Brendan, if you're a skilled forward, do you think they want another guy that can get the puck up the ice, or do you think that the, the, the players want to shut down D? What do you think? Listen, I, I think the forwards can get the puck up the ice themselves. They can at least aid in that process. The room that a bigger, angrier defenseman would create by virtue of that playing style, I think that might make everybody a little bit bigger. So that's where my heart is. All right. This texter says, I agree with the last text. The owners can't draft or develop a D. Look at Morrissey for the Jets. He's taken six picks after Nurse, and he's far more developed and a lot better. He's front runner for the Nor- Norris Trophy. Josh Morrissey's had a great year. Funny, they weren't saying that about him a year ago, were they? Josh Morrissey and the Winnipeg Jets. But he is having a tremendous campaign. There's no question. He's, he's been a good pick for the Jets. 
Garnell had had a good seven or eight game stretch before the game against Colorado. The whole team struggled against the Avalanche. Keep it coming. We'll read in more texts here. Splice them in. It's 12.53 in Edmonton. You're listening to Oilers Now. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Let's go back into the Ashley Fine Floors text line. Wild Bill says the decor is not near good enough. They have to be an active pursuit of Chikrin and Ekholm. Ekholm would be the ideal fit. Provorov also appears to be on the block now. Ken Holland needs to get out of the Edmondson aisle. Uh, they need to aim higher. Scoring won't be a problem. Need to defend better. Completely exposed by Colorado speed. That one comes to us from Wild Bill. Again, Colorado had not played well since Nathan McKinnon had returned. They played, I've talked to the Colorado people in the last four hours. That's about as well as they played. They, and they destroyed the Oilers five on five in that game. It wasn't close. Until Edmonton made an adjustment, loaded McDavid and Dreisaitl, Hyman back up, and then suddenly it kind of balanced the game out a little bit. Um, this text comes in from Colton. He says, Bob, we need Joel Edmondson. I've watched him in Carolina and St. Louis, and I'm sick and tired of watching our super soft decor. Another texter says, uh, Bob, the Oilers always seem to sign players when they have a career year here. Nurse had a career year with one year left in his contract. Other defensemen were starting to get paid. Why not make him prove it one more time? Well, because then you ran him right into uh, free agency. That's, that's why for the texter. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. It's interesting, the range of opinion. Uh, we need an aggressive, big shutdown defenseman like Edmondson and another power forward willing to stand up for his teammates like Reeves. Well, Reeves is not a power forward. He's a one-dimensional uh, baggage smasher because he doesn't score. A power forward scores. Again, you can text us at 780-496-0063. Uh, Bob, a shutdown mean defenseman is a need. Scott Mayfield or Nick Sealer? I would target uh, Sealer and get McEwen too. Your thoughts and Todd. Well, Sealer is a third pairing. Hard, he can really fight. Like he can really fight. I don't know if he's a shutdown guy though. I mean, I think you need a guy that can play top four or top five. Jay in a tinfoil hat has Texas on the Ashley Fine Floors text line. He says the whole team, not just the skilled forwards, should be worrying more about playing better defensive hockey. Enough with losing the man or not even covering him at all, wanting to blow the zone in search of points. A strong defensive hockey team wins championships. When the Oilers figure it out, they'll win. Until then, let the excuses flow. Edmonton's given up six goals over the last four, uh, sorry, 
14 goals over the last six games. That's under two and a half goals per game since we've returned from the Christmas break. This is a huge road trip. What a difference two games makes. The Oilers shut the Islanders down, boot stomped them at home, outshot them at 1.15-2 in the first period, beat them 4-2, and then lose 3-2 against Colorado in overtime. And the sky apparently is falling in again. Again, short term, you'll see internal opportunities for the likes of, I would think, Broberg and Holloway. I expect the Oilers to add a D. Should they step up? Do they give up two number ones and a number two minimum to get Chikrin? You tell me. Does that make sense? More of your thoughts after a global news weather traffic update with Eileen Bell and a look at the LA Kings with Daryl Evans.